Hi, welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guest is Caroline Damore, the founder of Pizza Girl. Pizza Girl offers pasta sauces with organic, locally sourced ingredients. Born into the Damore pizza family, Caroline is no stranger to the food business. She created Pizza Girl to provide healthy and delicious sauces for a new generation of home chefs. In this episode, we chat about Caroline's journey from working in the entertainment world to creating Pizza Girl, what it was like starring in Gordon Ramsay's Food Stars, and the importance of embracing and learning from our mistakes. Let's get into the show. Hi, Caroline. Welcome to the podcast. Can you please tell listeners a little bit about yourself and your upbringing in Los Angeles? Definitely. Well, my name is Caroline DeMore, also known as the Pizza Girl. And um, I guess that's kind of where it all started. Um, my father, you know, grew up with a single dad, um, had to go to all the catering jobs with him as a kid. He's the pizza man uh, in Los Angeles. He discovered, you know, uh, shipping in the water from the East Coast to make a better dough. And that made him very popular about 35 years ago when he started DeMore's Pizza. And, uh, you know, I grew up in the family business, had to go to all the catering jobs, wore shirts that said Pizza Kid while serving on movie sets and different things like that. And um, yeah, it's just been a part of my life since I can remember. My dad moved us to Malibu where he opened uh, his first pizza shop and I went to Malibu High, slowly became you know, a teenager who wanted nothing to do with the pizza world. But everywhere I went, the pizza girl moniker kind of followed me around. It was just people being like, hey, pizza girl, where's the pizza at? I wanted nothing to do with it. So I did everything I could to be anything but the pizza girl. I was a DJ. I was an actress. I was a model. I had a swimwear line. I was just like anything but. But the truth is, is like, and one thing I'll tell all your listeners is that when you are truthful to who you are, that's when your life comes together. When you did start to embrace that pizza girl persona and think about starting your own thing in the food business, was that a difficult transition? Working in a family business was absolutely just so difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. Literally, there were too many cooks in the kitchen. (laughs) There still are in Demore's Pizza. Um, And I think for me, you know, I did build this kind of like teenage rebel party girl persona that kind of made it hard for my family and other business people to kind of take me seriously when I finally decided, hey, I I am the pizza girl. I want to do this. So I really had an uphill battle there. I kind of finally just said, fine, I'm going to go start my own thing and I'll show you all, you know, and I Mm -hmm. do sometimes competition and just the need to prove yourself it works to your benefit, you know? (laughs) Yeah. How did the lessons from working in the family business when you were young influence your entrepreneurship journey? Well, see, I was always very entrepreneurial. Um, I realized early on that even with the acting, I more so wanted to put together the whole project. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Rather than I had the ideas, you know, for 
the wardrobe and the music and the vibe and the style and like I just I just wanted to like more so oversee and kind of put things together rather than be on set all day wait for my part you know I think my first real like trying to run a business and start a business from scratch was my swimwear line um my friend Ryan and I we would just drive downtown every day and get bolts of fabric and you know we found a warehouse and we you know we started putting together pieces you know I borrowed a little bit of money from my dad and um, lost it and really kind of felt what that felt like but I did get pretty far at in in respect to I was sold in respectable stores uh, like Planet Blue and Dash with the Kardashians Um, we did get some really big runway shows but ultimately um it was just, you need so much money to make money. And I think that was something I just didn't understand at that point. But I will tell you, I used to consider that such a big failure. But I think had I not done that, I wouldn't have know that I could do a new business and do it the right way and find partners. And you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I think failures are really important to your growth and you need to learn to love them. And it's it's hard to see that in the moment, right? Because you're just surrounded by all the mistakes you made and you think about like oh what I could have done or should have done instead of kind of focusing on like okay how do I realign and do better the next time or like refocus my attention on something positive rather than just like feeling sorry for myself because it's true like you do grow so much from those mistakes you really do yeah and even like in the business like right now like with pizza girl like we've definitely made a ton of mistakes but learned from them quickly and pivoted and Yeah. So I think that that's okay. Um, I think it's just about not giving up. For sure. When exactly did you launch Pizza Girl and what sets your sauces apart from others on the market? I like the DJ career is what led me into the pasta sauce career. Basically, I just, I had, I got pregnant. I had my daughter. Um, I was still out DJing till like four in the morning. Sometimes it was very difficult to balance the two. Also just the party lifestyle, the drugs and alcohol, it all kind of took me down um, a lot of roads that I just knew were not sustainable, um, especially as a mother. And so I made the decision to kind of change my life. And I just was appalled by all the pasta sauces on the aisle. Honestly, I had never really bought pasta sauce because I always had, you know, amazing sauce for my dad's restaurants. And my grandmother made incredible sauce. It was just like, I thought everybody had access to incredible organic and just like really delicious tasting sauces. But then becoming a single mom and having to like, you know, do a bunch of things. I was like, oh, let me grab a jar. I almost spit it out. I was appalled. I was like, wow. And then I look at the label and it's just loaded with added sugars, preservatives, bad oils, salt, like so much sodium. And I didn't see a lot of organic sauces that also cared about it tasting good um so I really just was like I could do this like I absolutely can solve this problem there's also no like real female presence on the sauce aisle which is very interesting the Italian world is very male dominated it's very old world um maybe they'll put the grandma on the jar <laughs> but definitely not thinking about um the younger millennial mom and and below kind of the first one to do that. Um, And it resonated. People my age and some above and some below care about health. They care about quality. They care about organic. 
also they care about cool, interesting packaging. You know, every single thing on the aisle in the uh, Italian space is, you know, green and red and just the same. It's a sea of sameness. And mm -hmm. I think it was fun to see a pink jar of sauce on the aisle. Some people did just buy it as like, a, oh, this is a cute label. Let's see. But then thank God the quality really really shocks people. Like I lived in supermarkets giving out samples for the past four years. When people try it, they buy it because it truly, hands down, I can say it is the best tasting sauce you will find out of a jar. Also the cleanest label. So um, I think you can do all the fun things. You can do the packaging and the branding and all of that's important. But if the product doesn't stand alone and like just hold up that quality, You'll get the first time buyers, but you won't get repeat, repeat orders. The label does really stick out in that sea of sameness because you don't even realize how similar everything looks until there is that like punch of pink to like grab your attention, which is so important in CPG, like to have a brand that grabs the consumer's eye first and then kind of validates that, that decision with the taste. So I think that's super smart for you to do and like bring some new energy to that industry. I will tell you, we have not paid a single influencer. You know, my competitors are paying people like Justin Bieber and the Kardashians and all of that because they have billions of dollars. We have not paid one. And I can't tell you how many times people have picked up the jar and just posted it with their millions of followers. And they've been like, this is just the cutest thing I've ever seen. You know, that's definitely a really major point in the success of Pizza Girl. Mm -hmm. And so before you got your products on the shelves, I want to learn a little bit more about like the development process for your sauces, like if they were family recipes or how you kind of formulated the final three varieties that you have now and like ensuring high quality suppliers and ingredients and all of that. So it is a long journey. It is definitely not like making it in your kitchen at home. I honestly started with Google and I was like, how do I make my own product? You know what I mean? And I found a company that basically like helps you find your first supplier, find your first trademark. And I realized quickly that it was a big waste of money. Um, but what it did do was it helped me connect with my very first factory. So it's always about the first connection that then gets you to the next little connection. So I got my first factory, uh, my first, I wouldn't call it a factory, cannery in Santa Paula. This couple in their late 60s to 70s, you know, running this little salsa cannery. We did a very, very delicious first batch. I was in there, you know, you test everything out every inch of the way, a little more salt. Now you taste it a little more this, and then you taste it. It's a serious process, right? And then there's also like preserving it in ways that are organic, which for me is something called heat fill. You have to heat everything up to a certain degree. You put it in the jar and flip it over and it kills everything that could possibly be like you know, a contaminant and it doesn't have as long of a shelf life per se as the ones with preservatives in it, obviously. Um, but if you can't sell a jar of sauce in under a year, get out of the business, you know, like <laughs> that's gross to think of it just sitting in there for five years and whatnot. So yeah, so my first batch was so incredible, right? But then my orders really started coming in. I got all the air wands. I got, you know, all these really amazing businesses. And then the factory couldn't handle the amount of orders I was getting, but rather than tell me that they kept taking the orders and then made some adjustments, shall I say, to my recipe that I thought were going to 
completely take down my entire business. Um, I tried one jar one day and I was so appalled. It was so bad. I even had to go, I was, I went in there crying. I was like, what happened? This is not my recipe. My dad had to like, kind of come in and talk to them because I was just like, no one's listening to me and this tastes terrible. And it was awful. I had to, I had to borrow money to like go and buy back all these jars. I, it was just insane. At the time I didn't have the wherewithal to know that that was on them, that they needed to, you know, pay for things. I went and borrowed money that ended up putting me in debt. And that was only the first of my many disasters to get to this point now. And I remember thinking the first one was the end of the world. Second one was the end of the world. Now it's just like a Tuesday, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like really getting used to a nightmare and how do we get through it and pivot and sort it out, you know? I have to say, Caroline, I just love you already because you're so transparent about like your failures and it's honestly so refreshing. There are a lot of founders who talk openly about that, but I think not enough do. And it's so nice to see you just be really open about like, this is a horrible thing that happened. I lost so much money. Like I was freaking out. You didn't know what to do. And I think people that are maybe starting their business who have gone through similar experience might feel really ashamed or embarrassed, but it's nice to hear that you can still make these mistakes, but recover and keep moving forward. Like you just said. Absolutely. Thank you. I do feel like, like we need to empower people to be okay with their failures because yeah, and for sure. In the beginning, I was like horrified, embarrassed, thought it was going to ruin everything. But then you go on to hear like, you literally don't have a successful business if you didn't have so many major hurdles. That's so true. And so after that, like mishap with the the partner, the factory partner you were working with, like how did you overcome and adapt to the increase in orders while still maintaining the quality of your sauces? Well, I will say COVID did shut me down and I didn't think it was going to. I went to source my ingredients. I wasn't able to um, because all the like big organic companies bought up all the organic farms and the little guys were just like out of luck. Um, So I wrote letters to all my supermarkets, like individual letters that I was like, please remember me. It's very hard. Like once you're on the shelf to come off the shelf and then get a place back on the shelf. I ended up getting all of them back. um, And I think that was because of the personal touch and relationships that I created. And then, you know, I got to work. I think that it does matter like who you surround yourself with. And I asked my girlfriend for some help. She helped me write, make a deck. I started kind of pitching it out to some people and this incredible husband and wife had heard about it. Um, They're from Australia and they came on board and uh, helped me relaunch Pizza Girl. So you definitely need um, people in your corner. You can't do everything yourself. That is for sure. And it's important to find, you know, people that you trust. Yeah. I'm curious, like what your team looks like now and how you've gone about like delegating responsibilities and just growing to adapt to like this new market that you're in post-COVID. So up until like literally like a couple months ago, it has been me and my business partner, Rebecca and her husband basically doing everything. (laughs) We have like, you know, um, brought in different people here and there, but realized in the beginning, it's really all hands on deck in every department. 
But now we have a really incredible relationship with our co-packer packing facility and factory, which I'm flying in for all the batches and making sure it's all, you know, up to par and amazing. We have two very large distribution companies. We have an incredible sales team and um, brought them on as partners when we couldn't necessarily afford their fees. You know, you have to be able to just think on the fly of like, how can I make this happen? I was just at a breakfast this morning where one of our new investors was like, wow, this is really a small, a family business. You know what I mean? It still very much so is. We really care about who we're bringing in. Um, we want it to feel like a family. And we just hired our first CFO, which is very exciting. And he works with the factory and it's very, you know, everybody kind of works together in different ways. I have my first assistant, which is my business partner's daughter. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Awesome. So, yeah. So that's kind of how we roll right now. And we know slowly, slowly we can validate hiring more, but we really have to continue our grind right now. Yeah. And so I know that you mentioned you haven't really invested in like influencer marketing per se, but I'm curious how you approach building brand awareness for Pizza Girl. Totally. So our new approach. Well, today we're launching our Pizza Girl Pizza Grills, um, which we're very excited about. It's like the cutest, but also like quality once again, where it's eye-catching and beautiful, but the quality is incredible. It's a pizza oven that you can literally just plug into your wall. Uh, it's not like you have to have it outside and all this craziness. Um, it makes a 10-inch pizza and it's absolutely incredible. I'm just going house to house, calling my friends saying, hey, do you want the pizza girl to come over? I'll bring all the dough. I'll bring all the ingredients and I'll bring my oven and I'll literally teach y'all how to make pizza and I'll get content. That's the trade. So it's just about thinking outside the box. We're still very, very, and we'll always be very cautious of our budget. So I think doing as much as you can on your own really makes a difference. I tell this story often and I hope this girl never hears it, but I was at an Erewhon giving samples and this girl comes up to me and she was like, oh, cute. I used to do these. And I was like, um, what's your company? She tells me about her company. I was like, well, if you don't have to do demos anymore, your company must be flying, you know? And she was like, well, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be in business next year. And I go, why? And she goes, I have to raise, I have to raise more money. And I go, how much money have you raised so far? She said, $4 million. I was like, you raised $4 million and you might not be in business next year. Something's wrong there. You need to do the work until you can afford to have somebody else help you. Mm -hmm. And even just keeping that bootstrap mentality, even when you do have money coming in, right? Like, how can you save? Because you never know what the economy will be doing. You know, like right now we're seeing a downturn and it's more important than ever to kind of just be conservative with spending, especially as a solo founder. Absolutely. I think we've struggled so, so hard that now we're like, I'm like excited to like penny pinch. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like mm -hmm. we really learned how that it's kind of fun. I'm like, I don't want to pay for that. No, I'll do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's figure it out. Yeah. Like now, you know, where, what areas can I aff afford to like not spend so much or what areas are worth like absolutely investing in and things like that? Absolutely. Yes. What skills do you believe are essential to succeed as a founder in the food or CPG, in CPG industry? Well, everyone will say innovation and quality, right? But I think moving forward, we're always going to be looking for ways to innovate in the space, which is exciting, but really, truly quality, um, quality control is so important. 
Mm -hmm. And along with that, I feel like what you said earlier about finding the right people to partner with kind of ties in with ensuring your quality because you might find someone who could produce your product cheaper, but is it really going to be up to your standards and do you want to sacrifice that, that type of thing? Right. And we've seen that, you know, um, we've definitely seen that and no, you do not want to sacrifice certain things. You know, there were, there were times where people were like, maybe don't be organic. You know what I mean? With yourself. And I was like, no, you know, I just was like adamant about not changing that. Um, and it hasn't always been easy, you know, like my competitors are not organic, my main big competitors and, you know, they're making bigger margins and they have more millions, but I think people really look for, you know, integrity and quality. I mean, I hope they do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And I feel like we're seeing every day more and more consumers are looking for healthier options to the foods that they love. Um, And so like, I think people are just only going to become more health conscious as time goes on. And when they do make that shift, like your product is already there waiting for them. Definitely. Well, I'd be remiss not to ask you about your recent experience on Gordon Ramsay's Food Stars, which is so cool to be a part of that show. I'm curious what your experience was like. Maybe you could give us some behind the scenes insight and how you've adapted to both the positive and the negative feedback from the show. Totally. I knew that I definitely had to like hold my own um, and stand up for myself. Did I know that they were going to edit me as the villain? No. Was I terrified for a while when it first started airing? Yes. But I think obviously they need entertainment or nobody's going to watch it you know at the end of the day Gordon Ramsay is he literally made an entire career off of being a bit of an ass mm-hmm. <laughs> and um but he was really more so to the point right he just you you need to get his point or get out of the room um and when a woman does it they're considered a b word or a c word or all these things but when a man does it he gets 15 shows and becomes a billionaire it's just very interesting that dynamic and i found that really obvious um because some of the things i said and did weren't even close to the things he has done in his career and for me it was like on set it's a 12 hour day you have so many moments of joy and laughter and high fives and hugs with people they cut all of that out And they only show the high intense moment when you're like, no, this idea sucks. You know what I mean? So (laughs) they just, when they just like bridge a ton of, uh, of you saying this thing sucks, you could come off looking like a bitch, (laughs) which I did. And I think for me, like, like even the producers would be like, no, no, what Gordon loves about you is that you stand up for yourself and that you stand up for what you believe in sometimes to a fault. And ultimately it did bring me to the, um, finale and actually Chris Canick the guy who won just a minute ago bought my new product already and just wrote me we are very good friends um and he was actually scared the whole time I was going to win which I love to remind him of (laughs) I love that and to your question on the hate thing it was really hard for a little bit and then I was like no like this is tv and what it did for me shockingly is it brought people to my page out of curiosity they're like is she really like this And they would like go through and see like who I really am and are buying the sauce like over and over again and love the quality. I mean, the orders that came in on the finale were so shocking. I literally had all my friends in a warehouse that was my business partner's friend's warehouse and we're just boxing sauce. It was insane. It was, and I'm so grateful for it. 
um, I absolutely would do it again if I had the opportunity. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask what the results were or what the impact was as far as your business, but it seems like the end results far outweighed any sort of negativity that came your way, which kind of seems like you're just been able to brush off anyway. So true. Yeah. Brush it off, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's, you know, it's like, great, you know, sometimes, and who, oh, so Bethany Frankel started following me on Instagram after that. And I was like, oh, oh cool. She's like one of the biggest TV villains um, mm-hmm. of all time. Who's turned her business into a mega success. So, you know, sometimes it's like, I remember listening to the woman who created Spanx. I'm blinking on her name right now, but she, Sarah something, Sarah Blakely. Yeah. Um, she literally said, if you can get on a TV show, uh, good or bad, no press is bad to an extent, um, mm-hmm. uh, for your business, because it's just brand awareness, free brand awareness. I mean, it was millions of dollars in free brand awareness, you know? Yeah. It was definitely beneficial. You should send Bethany some sauces. She's always reviewing products. <laughs> I know I should. She actually reviewed sauce and I was like, Oh no, but she didn't get pizza girl. Um, but I absolutely will. Yeah, that would be awesome. Looking ahead, what goals do you have for the company? Yeah, I mean, I Pizza Girl is going to be a collection of supermarket and direct-to-consumer products, um, all in the Italian and clean health space that will continue to grow and evolve. But I also want to do Pizza Girl little tiny window pizza shops, uh, pizza and pasta shops all over the world. So yeah, I have a lot of like, obviously grand ideas for for the brand. And um, yeah, I hope that they all come to fruition. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. And the the brand identity is something that's like, just eye catching on its own. But I think you make it clear just in this conversation, like it's something that you're really passionate about. And it's something that is for everyone. That's literally it. Thank you, yeah. for, <laughs> thank you for seeing that. That is absolutely it. For sure. Well, Caroline, I like to close out each episode by asking our guests to provide a few words of wisdom. So what is your biggest piece of advice for founders and entrepreneurs? Find what's authentic to you um, because people are going to pick up on that and people want to buy the story these days rather than just being like marketed to, I think. That's true. And more and more so like people can see through when it is a little bit fake, like, you know, when celebrities just kind of put their name on a brand, but we really know it's so obvious they don't create any of their products. So yeah, just being authentic. Agreed. Caroline, thank you so much for joining me on Office Chats. Before I let you go, can you please let listeners know where they can find Pizza Girl products and also keep up with the brands online and on social? Absolutely. You guys can go to pizzagirl.com to find both our store locator, um, which will let you know if there's a store near you that sells our products, or you can buy direct um, nationwide on the website, pizzagirl.com. Thank you so much to Caroline for joining the podcast. You can keep up with her business on Instagram at pizzagirlofficial. And thank you to everyone listening. I hope you join me next week for a new episode of Office Chats.